Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about sleep, and I'll talk about it very broadly because sleep is certainly a, a big issue uh, for kids who are really sensitive, for kids who have anxiety, for gladiator kids. Lots of children have trouble sleeping. So the strategies that I'll talk about today, you know, we can apply to helping your kids learn how to sleep, but also parents have trouble sleeping. Parents are having a lot of trouble sleeping. And that's a time where our brain just kind of takes off on us and we worry so much that we can't get to sleep. So today I'm going to devote this episode to sleep. Hi everyone. I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So let's talk about sleep for kids. What's, we'll focus on children first. So what's happening when kids don't want to go to bed? So first of all, it's a transition. And kids have difficulty with transitions. So again, just as a reminder, the frontal lobe is the part of the brain that organizes and prioritizes and motivates and helps you move through time. And that part of the brain is not particularly developed in kids. You are the substitute frontal lobe. So you have to be the one that's kind of managing time and structure. So bedtime is usually um, a time where kids get wired, not tired. They don't usually want to go to bed. Some kids do, but very few kids want to go to bed. And the reason for that is especially for gladiators, especially if you have kids that have had, that have behavioral issues or are difficult or challenging. That's the time when they lie in bed and think about all the things they did that day that weren't so great. You know, all the things they said that might've hurt your feelings or their dad's feelings or their siblings' feelings, um, you know, where they were mean to mom or grandma so all of that comes flooding in. And at night, as things kind of download into the brain, it can get very overwhelming. They can have a very difficult time regulating that. And when they're getting ready for bed, that's what they don't want. They don't want to be lying in that bed, thinking about all those terrible things. And so they would rather delay and you know walk like a turtle so slowly they can't get anything done they would rather fight with you. They would rather fight and argue with you rather than lie in that bed and face all the things they're worrying about. So they're not only worrying about what's happened during the day, but then they start worrying about the future. What's going to happen? What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? For a lot of children, uh, it's a very existential worry. You know, what if I, what is the world going to look like? What if I don't get a job? What if I don't find someone who loves me? This is what they worry about. Some of them are as young as four and five worrying about this. It's also the time where they worry about you. Could something happen to mommy and daddy? Could something happen to grandma or grandpa? Um, this is where the worries just really take over. So knowing that that is sort of what they're pushing back against, that it's not necessarily about them no, not, never mind necessarily. It's, it, it's not about them wanting to be difficult and defy you and ruin your night. It's this is what they're facing. Now, this happens to coincide, of course, with your most exhausting part of the day. You're done. You're tired. You've had a long day. You've been dealing with stuff from the minute they open their eyes. You just want them to go to bed. So our, our agenda when it's bedtime is, oh, please just go to bed already. And that is you know intense in us. 
kids also feel that anxieties. They don't know necessarily what to do with that. Um, so there's a number of reactions that they have to that. Um, you know, they often will want to push back against that and start up with you. Uh, they may feel terrible. You want me to go to bed. You don't love me. So it's a very, very uh, deep and tenuous time bedtime. So go back to my earlier podcast where I talk about bedtime routines, because that's a really good one, especially for younger kids. It's a little different for teenagers, obviously, but go back and listen to that one. If you've got young kids and you want to talk about sleep, but I really want to focus on actually how difficult it is to fall asleep and some strategies to help your children fall asleep. So the, that episode that talks about bedtime structure um, is going to be really helpful. So listen to that. This is really just about how to get to sleep. So here's a few sleep strategies that will help your child and it will help you. Um, and sleep is elusive for a lot of people. And there's a lot of reasons why it can be anxiety. It can be for parents. It can be you know hormones. It can be you know bills. It can be all kinds of things that keep you up. So here's some tried and true strategies for sleep. One of the best ones that I love is to pick a place so it could be, so we'll, we'll talk about it if it's, it, it, if it's you having trouble falling asleep. So pick a ch- I don't know, childhood home or a cottage or a grandparents' house or a camp or a, a favorite vacation spot, somewhere that you have happy memories. If there's trauma attached to that space, do not use that. So pick a place that's really quite a happy place. And after you have, you know, rustled around in your bed and gotten yourself settled, um, start to, in your mind, go back to that space, look down and see your feet. This is actually really helpful. Look down and see your feet, see yourself walking up the stairs, see your hand opening the doorknob and wander through that house, open drawers, look in closets, try to remember what's on the walls, try to remember the knickknacks in different places, try to remember what the, you know, window treatments look like or the color of the carpets keep your brain busy because what it does at night is it has a habit of just searching through the day and finding something to worry about or something that you have to do the next day. And then your brain starts to become anxious. It starts to think there's something it needs to be doing right now about this thing that you're worrying about, but there's nothing you can do at 12 at night or one in the morning about it. So give yourself, give your brain something to do. Now there's two advantages to this exercise. One is it's really good cognitive exercise. It's good for your brain. It's good for your memory. Um, it's really good for stimulating the imagination. Um, that's really important. And it's really good for training your brain to think about what you want your brain to think about. So wander around this house. First of all, you'll be amazed at how much you can remember. Things will start popping back into your memory. It'll be incredible. You'll amaze yourself at how much you can actually remember. And you probably won't be able to get very far into that house before you're asleep. So that's one of my favorite strategies. Um, Another great strategy is to lie in your bed. um, And this is a great one to do for kids. Try doing kind of um, like a squeezing exercise with like big muscle groups in your body. So first start with your toes, hold it and hold it and then let go. And as you let go, do a big sigh out. And then you do from the knees down and then you do your legs and you for the stomach down and then you do it, you know, your arms and your hands and you're kind of doing all these muscle groups. And then finally you're squeezing every single muscle in your body and you're holding it and you're holding it and you're relaxing. And it's just teaching the brain. I tell kids, we call it the squeezies that they're squeezing out all their worries, just like a, like a, like a dish rag. We're kind of wringing it out and then the brain can fall asleep better. 
that's a good one to do before you use other strategies as well, but kind of squeezing the energy out of your body and teaching your brain the difference between being alert and awake and being very, very relaxed. That's a good one. Um, another one is scaffolding. So you can think of the name of an animal, squirrel, ends with an L, and then you got to think of another animal that starts with an L, just kind of go through that scaffolding over and over. There's a couple of um, tasks where the brain has to maneuver letters and words, and that can usually work to, to help you fall asleep. Similarly, you can do it with numbers, you can count backwards. So it's 100, 98, 99, 97, keep that pattern going. That sometimes works. Um, another lovely strategy is to lie in bed and think about everything you are grateful for. So I'm grateful for how soft these sheets are. I'm grateful for the temperature in the room. I'm grateful for the house that I'm in. I'm grateful for my kids, like just run through and, and your brain will go, what are you doing? You should be worrying. Um, and then you bring your brain back to no, no, no back on track. I'm grateful for the book I'm reading, whatever it is. And just keep seeing if you can name as many pleasant things that you appreciate and you're grateful for as you possibly can. Um, and usually that will be a lovely way to fall asleep. Um, there's another technique it's called EFT. It's called tapping. Um, and there you can just go online and there's zillions of people who have, um, uh, videos on YouTube about it and you can do sleep tapping. I've had phenomenal success with this with kids. Kids love this. You learn how to do it. And then you can do a round or two of sleep tapping. It's just, it's sort of, uh, tapping on these different acupuncture points in a really sleepy voice. And that can really work. So you can look up sleep tapping. I have tons of kids where that's made a huge difference for another great strategy is I call it the magic suitcase. So, and again, this can be for you. This can be for your children. Um, imagine a very technical James Bond looking kind of suitcase briefcase. It's got all kinds of gadgets on it and you click it open. And then you're actually taking from your brain each thing that you're worried about. Um, and you can name it if you want to. I'm worried about bills. I'm worried about this. Or for your child, I'm worried about a test tomorrow. I'm worried about whatever. And you imagine yourself putting it in the suitcase and just going through and filling up this suitcase with all the things that you are worried about. Then shut the suitcase. And it's very important in all of these uh, imagery techniques, these sort of cognitive rehearsals to hear the sounds, feel it, like feel how cool the metal is on the on this briefcase, hear the sound of it clicking shut, um, locking it, like make it as real as you possibly can. This is very important. The midbrain, which suddenly appoints itself on duty to make you worry all night, um, needs something real. It needs to know that you're actually physically doing something and it can't tell the difference between you imagining something, actually doing something um, or remembering something. It's all the same to the midbrain. So make it as real as you can, click that briefcase shut. And on top of the briefcase, there are two uh, panels. Uh, and one of them uh, is you can set for resolve. So you can hit the resolve button and your brain will resolve those issues overnight while you're sleeping. The other one says incinerate where you can just incinerate it and not worry about it again. And then take the briefcase and imagine putting it outside the door or you know, shoving it outside your brain, some image that tells your brain that you have dealt with that problem. And it's now being, it's, you're now working on it in the background. Um, these are very important things. The brain and the other thing to understand 
about sleep issues. And there, remember, there can be other issues for it. Um, and if you are concerned, definitely, you know, have your go to see your doctor about it or talk to your child's pediatrician. But if it's just really overthinking and over worrying, um, these strategies should work very well. Um, but the brain, the, the midbrain is designed to keep you alive. And if it thinks you're falling asleep in a dangerous situation where an animal could get you or your village could be attacked, it's not going to let you fall asleep. It's going to make you stay awake and pay attention to every noise and every thought and everything you could possibly think of to increase your chances of staying alive. So you have to convince your brain that you are safe, that there is nothing you need to do overnight, that you are absolutely sound, safe and sound, and then your brain can go offline. Another one I like is the imaginary jar. So you imagine a big jar and you're dropping things into the jar, but you have to remember what you dropped and what order you dropped it in. So you drop a penny in the jar and then you drop a paper clip. And then you have to remember that you dropped a penny and a paper clip, and then you're going to drop an eraser. You dropped a penny, a paper clip and an eraser. And then you keep doing that over and over. This is another scaffolding technique that can really work well. Um, try these, try sharing them with your children. Um, sort of don't do them all at once. Maybe pick one per night that you're going to work at work on with them. And then make sure you're coupling that with some of the bedtime techniques that we talked about um, in the bed, in the previous bedtime episode, that will really help. The other thing to remember about sleep is, and this is one of the things that happens when kids can't fall asleep. And also when we can't fall asleep, we lie there thinking, oh, I gotta get to sleep. Oh my God, it's already 1130. I'm not asleep yet. Or it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm not asleep yet. And we start worrying and worrying about the fact that we can't get to sleep, which of course just sends cortisol and adrenaline flying into the brain, making it impossible for you to go to sleep. So some real, really reassuring talk about, you know, you'll have enough adrenaline the next day um, to get through the day. I'm sure there's been plenty of times where we haven't been able to sleep at night and in the morning we've functioned just fine. And then the next night we fall asleep. So help your child and help yourself reassure yourself that it's not the end of the world if you can't fall asleep. And that by being very quiet and just lying still and having moments where you actually can settle down for a little bit is not as good as sleep, but it's definitely something. Your brain is getting some type of rest. The other thing that really helps go on YouTube, find sleep frequency music, or you can actually download this on, on any of your, wherever you get your music. Um, you can purchase this on Apple as well. Find sleep frequency music and have that playing either in headphones. Um, now it's very difficult to sleep with earbuds. Those are painful and they're not recommended. And I also recommend for your kids, especially, but for you as well, that you don't have, that you have your phone in airplane mode, but there's also different sleep. They're called sleep sleep phones. It's basically a headband that has a very flat um, uh, speaker in it that connects, that sort of lies right against your ear. So you can sleep on your side with these on, and you can try sleeping with sleep frequency music that actually helps the brain get into the deep sleep that it needs to get into by matching the frequency. That can be lovely. There's some lovely apps. Um, Calm is one. There's a whole bunch of them that have bedtime stories and sleepy sounds in the background, different um, kind of versions of ambient noise. Those can really help. Uh, diffusers with different smells can actually help. There's a number of things you can do for sleep, but I would try all of these, see if they help, use them on yourself, use them with your kids, really normalize sleep for them, that this is something that your brain needs to learn how to do. And this is why kids have such a hard time. They want you to sleep with them. 
They want you to just be with them because sleeping and learning to fall asleep is a skill. And sometimes you have to try different strategies in order to get there. So I hope this helps. Please remember to go to connectedparenting.com for more information and all of our resources. We have our village that parents can go to once a week where we have connected parenting staff that are there to help and support you. It is wonderful community. Um, You'll get lots of parenting advice and support. Um, We've got the online courses if you want to dive deeper into the connected parenting methodology. We've got um, the version where you just watch the videos on demand. It's just me. Whenever you need to listen to it, I don't make them run out. They're, They're yours for life. They don't run out after 90 days. The course is something that you keep for life. We have the other version of that course where I'm uh, interacting with everyone through the Facebook page, either in auditory or recorded uh, responses. And I also do a once a month coaching call. Also have the books and keep listening to our podcast. Thanks again for, for joining me and I will see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting.